I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong. Where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Hello, good people. Welcome back. Welcome back. And if you are new, so glad to have you. I switched it up this week. Uh huh. But look, so excited always. You know, I love doing interviews because I love meeting our family across the world doing amazing things. And our guest today, Dr. Chandler, is a seriously dope black woman. She's out here dominating in the STEM field. And that's something that I'm really excited about because I think that representation matters and she is really doing the work. So I'm not going to say too much more because, you know, I love for our guests to tell who they are because nobody can tell your story, you know, like you can. So with that in mind, Dr. Chandler, Dr. Janae Chandler, welcome. So glad to have you here. How are you? Hey, Dr. E. Thank you so much for having me here today. You are so, so very welcome. Tell us about yourself. Who are you? Yeah, so I am Janae Chandler. I am from Jersey City, New Jersey. I grew up right in the the heart of the hill of Jersey City. I attended college as a first-generation college student at FAMU in Florida State in Tallahassee, Florida. And I currently lead a National Science Foundation grant that's focused on broadening participation in STEM. So really looking at ways to enhance career pathways for underrepresented minorities and women in STEM fields. I'm also a wife, a mom of two. I'm also a blogger. I, I talk about raising a Black son or navigating autism as a Black family. And I'm also in the process of launching a research um, and evaluation firm. I just want to know, like I've asked some people, just where's the time? <laughs> how do you do it? It's because that's a lot to do. And I'm just going to even straight up, like, how are you managing all of that? Because, you know, to have the ambition to be a wife, to be a mother, an entrepreneur, some people would say, you know, head is straight to burnout, but I don't think that that's the case for everybody. So, yeah, that's that's a really good question. So my, my mom, we grew up, together with my grandmother, my aunts, they were very entrepreneurial. And so they they had to hustle, right? Because they didn't have, you know, these white collar careers and things that we've had. And so I've seen them work for everything that they had. And it just kind of trickled down. And I just feel like, you know, if I want a certain quality of life, I have to work for it. But at the same time, I do realize that there's a balance. And so what I try to do is to be present at home, Right. So I've I've learned early on to set boundaries with time Mm. because I've been a mom since I've been an undergrad. (laughs) So so my time has always been very strict. I've been very strict in my time and I've been very consistent about being present. And so one new thing that I am doing, though, is working on self-care and my mental well-being. I realize that I can get so deep in work that I'm not conscious or aware 
of feelings that I'm having or that I will use work to kind of cover those things. And so for 2021, I was like, you know, I'm going to start therapy. Like I hear everybody talk about their therapy, you know, and I don't have major issues going on, but like, I want to learn how to be aware of those feelings that I might be suppressing through work. And so my therapist, she gives me little strategies to check in with myself. And that has been really phenomenal because I've learned how to say no. And I was like, oh, okay, this is real interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the world doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's mad. Or if they are mad, they'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like very eye-opening. And yeah, so I'm learning too to, to slow down myself, but just really designating time for, okay, here's for work you know, work is work. And then here's the business, here's children and just, you know, just being mindful. Mm. What even made you want to get a therapist? I I would like to know that. In some areas, my patience was running thin, like just Mm. in different conversations or whatever. Just, I just noticed like I was a little irritable. And you know Mm. what I mean? Like, and I'm looking at other people like, why are you not moving as fast? Why are you not moving and doing, you know, And I'm like, okay, wait, wait a minute. Like, what's what's happening here? You know? And I forgot I forgot who it was, but they really called me out on like, you know, not everybody's gonna be moving at the same pace as you or whatever. And anyway, I just really wanted to to discuss like why do I feel like I have to be moving and being busy all the time? Mm-hmm. And I realized that I use work as an outlet, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's understandable, especially when you enjoy the work that you're doing. But I think it's really cool that you acknowledged there was something wrong rather than mm-hmm. everybody else just tripping. Because I think sometimes, like we said, we caught up in work. We tend to think that because, you know, we we on the ground, we ambitious, like catch up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is very true. Right. And it's this idea of I don't have the backing of family and certain in, in, in professional space to just make doors open. So I feel like I had to grind. Like I had to grind and try to knock down these doors and create opportunities for me and my children so that they could have it easy when they get older and graduate college and secure internships and all those things that we I couldn't access, you know? And so I also realized in this work, that's a part of my imposter syndrome too, right? Like this feeling that I had to grind, but you know, my my sustainability is a form of resistance. And so that mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I'm happy, healthy and whole to be able to proceed, to see those things come to fruition. And so mm-hmm. that's something that I've learned through this brief, but very in-depth therapy journey so far. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, therapy is life. I tell people, if I don't make any other meeting every week, I'm going to be there. Yeah. Um, because it is, it's life changing. And, you know, therapy gives us the space to lay the burdens down, but to also be able to have the tools and the resources to keep them where they're at. Correct. Because I know, I love my friends. I have some of the most amazing friends in the world. Like, I mean, definitely I'm going to say that. But I realize they can't always take me out the loop. So if I'm thinking about something or struggling with something, they can give me their thoughts and their perspective, but they don't give me homework, you know, to be able to say, look at this or pay attention to this to be conscious of this. So I think that there's something to be said about working with a trained professional to work through your emotions and to work through life. So I'm all for it. That's something. Thank you for talking about that today. And then to be a wife, to be a mother, to be a black woman, for there to be 
the healing that you are getting through this um, to be the example for your family as well. Because I don't know anybody in my family that went to therapy growing up. (laughs) No, that's real. Or even like sit and reflect, right? We Mm -hmm. pray, which is Mm -hmm. great, right? We we know they're going to teach you how to pray. But like just to really reflect and discuss how you feel, Mm. I think is something that has been missing. And I'm not going to speak for everybody, but it was not a part of my family dynamic. Right. Actually, there was either you were too dramatic or, you know, tough it up or move on. But so just learning that emotional intelligence, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And it's important for first generation students to to sit and think about that, too. So you can practice that while you're in school so that when you enter the workforce, as you experience things, you're like aware of how you're feeling, how to address it and you know, just to communicate to somebody if you need help or support, you know, and so I'm learning that at 33. But, you know, hopefully through this conversation, listeners will start earlier. Absolutely. And then, you know, like I said, I can pray about it all day, but praying about it may not give me the answer that I need. And I know that may ruffle some feathers, but it's mm-hmm. it's true. Like I may pray about it, but praying about it and then I'm still doing the same thing. My behavior hasn't changed. Nothing right. has changed. And I think that there is something to be said about one, yes, I think we have to pay attention to our higher power, whoever they may be for us. But if you find that you're doing the same thing over and over and you're still praying about it, you got to do something more. Mm-hmm. Still pray about it, but also I would say ask for the strength and the wisdom to find the help that you need to get out of what you're in because otherwise it just doesn't make sense. But I'm going to shut up though. For somebody to mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to have a special session just on this topic alone. Like that is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but you triggered me when you said that. Just go pray about it. Okay, I prayed about it. <laughs> but that's, yeah, we're going to bring you back for that one. <laughs> the pray about it. So, but man, so just so, yeah, so I want to talk to you a little bit too about entrepreneurship because, again, it's it's a whole baby within itself and you've already got to. So, <laughs> so yeah. that been for you? You know, what even made you want to pursue? Like, I know you said it trickled down, but you could have been like, nah, that's crazy. I'm not going to do that. So th- what made you still go ahead and lean into the entrepreneur work for yourself? Yeah, um, working with grants and consultants, you're like, wow, your eyes are open to the opportunity that's out there and the funds that's available for you, right? And so we work with um, consultants and contractors and you're like, well, I could really be doing this, right? Like, I- I could really be taking on this work for myself. And that's exactly what it is that I'm striving to do. So first part I'll share is Spectrum Faith is a blog that I started to really kind of inspire and encourage Black families who are navigating the special education or autism realm because there are not a lot of professionals that look like us that interact with your children and sometimes might not always have the best interest. And so I just try to share my story a little bit. And so I'm, I'm so excited about picking that back up now that I'm done with graduate school. But what I'm working on currently right now, Dr. E, is achieve assessment and evaluation. But what I'm hoping to do is to add a cultural relevant lens to program evaluation because a lot of our grants and community organizations are really serving populations that can be misunderstood. And so I think quality and equitable evaluation is important. And so that's what I'm hoping to do. And right now I'm just in the beginning stages of getting that off the ground, but it's just been such a phenomenal learning experience for me. And I'm so excited about its potential. 
definitely excited for you. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about seeing how everybody else was moving and knowing the funds was out there. Because after a while of having people come in and speak and signing contracts for five and six thousand dollars, I was thinking to myself, <laughs> what am I doing? So, you know, I, I get that. And I'm glad for you as well. It was like a trigger to see that there is potential there and that you had the skills and ability to be able to walk into these spaces and do the work as well. So that's exciting. But I would be curious to know, though, because I noticed that you were launching, though you have the blog, that's still business. Got to be consistent. You got to show up. What has been the most challenging thing for you so far? And then the other thing I want to know is if you can just go back like to uh, the start of this thought, what would you do differently? So the challenging thing is just knowing the knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Just the knowledge around business development. So mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, I've, my mom owns rental properties. My grandmother has had a grocery store forever, wow. but I've never gotten the legal, structural, organization development knowledge to to do my own thing, right? So we just see it. We see the business. We know what they do. But the behind the scenes of getting the business started and managing it, I, I was completely unfamiliar with. And so I was spending time on the internet, like researching and like just trying to really understand what it is that I needed to know. Like, do I need an LLC? Do I need, you know, am I being a partnership or all of these different structural components? I just really was unfamiliar with. And so what I did, and this is back to time management, right? So yes, there's information on YouTube and Google and all the stuff that's free. I just invested in hiring Precious Mathis, who was my college friend. I spent 30 minutes with her on the phone. Hey, this is what I want to do. Can you provide me with guidance? And literally like in a week, she had a whole plan, you know, explaining everything and the best options and all that kind of stuff for me based on the business that I wanted to launch. And so just investing for that knowledge, I think is so important for us as professionals. Invest in what invest in you, I guess, is what I want to say on that one. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And people who invest in you too, right? Mm-hmm. So that's important as well. If I could go back, let's see, I probably would have started earlier. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I probably would have just started earlier. You know, I'll be up and running this summer, but like just the fear of stepping out. I think for me, I have been so conditioned, even though my folks have entrepreneurial traits and, and, and backgrounds. It is still this concept. And I think a lot of black people or even low people just in general from low income backgrounds is we're socialized to you got that good job with them good benefits. You don't leave that job. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so that is, yes, it is good advice, but it's not the best often. And it, it, it's not for mm-hmm. me. Let me just put it like that way. I realized now after 13 years of working at institutions that it's not for me. And so... I was always afraid to just completely step out or to to have something of my own. And I think out of fear, you know, of the unknown. Like I have a family. I've always had health insurance from these jobs, you know, benefits. <laughs> so anyway, I think out of fear that it has been the hesitation. Mm, you know, and just it just came to me, just kind of hit me like we talk about benefits, but what are the real benefits like? What is a benefit for real? 
So beyond, right. like you said, the comfort, the predictability of a workspace, is it really a benefit for me to be in this organization knowing I'm not happy, knowing that I'm stressed out, knowing that <laughs> the supervising got on my last nerve versus, you know, being able to have autonomy over my schedule, being able to, you know, charge what I'm worth, be able to give myself a raise. So it's things that, um, funny that, again, that you say that, because it just triggered in my mind all the things that when we think about benefits, we have to be realistic about what a benefit is to us. So thank you for mentioning that. And, you know, the fear part is really normal. So what helped you to get past the fear though and just finally say, you know, I'm pretty sure you're talking to yourself, Janae, I'm going to do this. So what was that for you? So for real, this is from therapy. <laughs> love it. Love it. I have come to the realization that I have limited myself based on other people's motivation or lack thereof mm. and what they find to be valuable. Like I could, like I value, let's say, and I'll just be transparent here. Like I value what my mom says. Like I value my husband and, you know, don't ever want, sometimes I I, I look out for other people's feelings, right? Like I don't want to mm. make someone feel bad that I'm like on my way here and, you know, things are not panning out for, you know, for someone else or whatever. And so for me, I'm just like, eh, I've held myself back. And so that coming to that realization, just working through like, why am I not doing X, Y, and Z? Right. And it's like, wow, I just, I don't know other than, you know, not wanting to go against what folks say I should or should not be doing in a sense. And yeah, that's a whole conversation in itself. But then the other thing is I got onto Clubhouse, like right after, I think it was the same week that I had that session, I started getting onto Clubhouse and just listening to everyone take leaps of faith and like hearing all of the mm. success stories and just like hearing them navigate getting their businesses off the ground and everyone was just dropping gems and I was like so motivated behind that. And so, yeah, so just recognizing that I've been self-limiting no one else I've just been self-limiting and then just getting the inspiration and motivation for folks who've done it mm. Mm. and then just show up and do it and I think it's interesting too that like you found your information or not your information I mean that too but inspiration by being around people who were experiencing the same yeah. how important is it to have community and to be around people of like-mindedness especially in this realm because entrepreneurship it ain't for nobody who uh ain't got no skin on them. Like, you know, you got to, it, it's, it's difficult, but I think it's also one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. But the thing that has helped me to sustain this community and is the reason why I launched my own membership because I realized the significance of mindset community and just, again, resources to be able to thrive. And I do want to go back and say something really quickly. Check out Granny with the groceries, though. <laughs> like, it ain't every day that yes. a Black person has a grocery store. Like, wow. So, like... Listen, yes. Beulah Sweet Shop is what it was called. Wow. And if you're from Jersey City or Newark or whatever, and you was about that life at night, whatever was happening <laughs> that night, you know Beulah Sweet Shop on Martin Luther King Drive. If that gives you a taste of where it was. Yeah, um, yeah. Let me, let me tell you how much of a hustle my grandmother is, right? 
So in Jersey City, like the streets and the corners in New York are like lined with bodegas. So like the Dominicans and Puerto Ricans and stuff, they have a lock on the bodega industry, right? right. My grandmother opened her store at night when they closed. So she opens at night, like nine o'clock, and she worked through like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. So every day, that's what she was doing. And it was really cool. So like as a customer, you walk in and it was like plexiglass or bulletproof glass and you tell her what it is that you want. She grabs it and she slides it through the little thing. And you take your bag or your your, your Lucy cigarettes or whatever and you go. But she she was just that innovative, right? And she went to, I want to say 7th of 8th grade. And when I tell you, Dr. E, she's like one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. She never had a cash register until I got in high school and started working in the store. Wow. Like she was just wow. running those numbers. Yeah. Wow. Get mm-hmm. out. What? Yeah. Like, you have to process that. Like, wait a minute. You just said what you just said? Like, no cash. Like, what? No. Yeah. Come no. on, OG Granny. Yeah. <laughs> I and love gra- that. Yeah. And Granny would like literally, that's what we call her Granny. We would literally calculate everything. She would calculate the change accurately, everything mm. in her head. Mm. Phenomenal. And did not go to high school, did not go to college. Mm. She, yeah. She like literally. I watched her maneuver like she just asked questions and she, you know, had a network of people who was able to, you know, help her out, give her information. And and what's crazy is if you watch how she started, sometimes we have to start small. Sometimes we don't have to. But she literally like lived over the store with her five kids. And, you know, it was a storefront with two apartments at the top and she lived over there. Right. And that's how she 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 came up and she bought a house through an auction and we had like she has a beautiful home and like you know it had my mother said it had boarded windows when they moved in and she would buy a window at a time like but like she you know she just started small but anyway that's just kind of the kind of person she was and she had vision i guess so i guess i say all that to have come vision. on vision yeah have vision mm. it might not look like the pearly gates in the beginning, but like you gonna get there. <laughs> mm, you just come on today. Let me just shut up. You just just take it on. But like, goodness gracious! I mean, come on. Seventh, eighth grade education. Mm-hmm. Had a business, successful business, and mm-hmm. it's not just that. The ingenuity to think I'm gonna open the doors and everybody else is closed. So you mm-hmm. know she was making money, mm-hmm. and I say that just from the perspective of, and again, it ain't about the money, but that's knowing your target audience, that's knowing mm-hmm. your market, that's knowing how you make your business different. Because I mean, at the end of the day, we are taught these things. You know, what's your niche or what's gonna make you stand out? What's gonna make you competitive? A competitive advantage. She was getting everybody who was going to the club, who was coming mm-hmm. back from the club, who was just <laughs> hanging out, you know, and I'm pretty sure people who had different professions and industries, mm-hmm. you know, that may have service the night. And I should be funny about that, but it's like people need to be served 24 uh-huh. 365. That's why I'm like, come on, granny. <laughs> like, uh-huh. And then turn around and bought a house and just didn't buy a house, got an auction house. So I'm sure she got a good quality house in spite of how she got it. You can take a house and flip it. She flipped that house. For she herself. did. She did. And she had did. her own business. So we talking about that's a boss granny, right? That's boss she granny. Is. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love it. This is definitely like cap- capturing me because 
though you are still first generation and how your education helped take you further and still, you know, shout out to you for being an HBCU grad as well. I ain't said it earlier, but you know, you got me when you said that. I love my peoples, but for what it's worth though, it's just really a thing to where you are still probably her wildest dream, but you're able to move it and navigate and shake in a way that she may not have been able to, but that don't mean, like I said, you don't have the hustling spirit. And hustling doesn't always mean that you are here just, you know, grinding, burning yourself out. That just means you know how to move at your own tempo and do your thing, but you know how to make it. So, wow. That's so, yeah. And you just hit on something that's so huge, right? We all have some expertise in something. And I think that was also a part of me. Like, what's my, when people talk about side hustle, like, well, what I'm going to do? What I'm going to do? I don't want to sell t-shirts. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I'm thinking about products, right? But my, mm-hmm. my knowledge is a product. Me being able to look at mm-hmm. your program and be like, oh, you've been able to do X, Y, and Z. That ties into this activity. They might be like, oh, I didn't even think about it that way. I know. That's why you hired me. So, like, your, your, your <laughs> knowledge and your expertise is your product. And so you got to think about what you do for your, your your employer or whether it's a college or a, a bank, whatever it is that you do to keep them afloat and going is your product. It can be your product. So I love that you brought that up. Like you hustling don't look the same for everybody. And that's why we got these degrees. So it, we don't have to be out here running around. Right, right, right. And then the other thing, like you said, solving problems, it's all about solving problems. And the reason why all these positions exist, be it that we are pursuing entrepreneurship or within an organization itself, is because there's a problem that needs to be solved and somebody had an expertise or a specialty or something who can come in and do it. They're just doing it within the organization. Because I tell people now, when I'm hiring for my team, I'm bringing in people who are solving problems for me. I'm not just hiring for the sake of saying I have a team. So, like, if you can't come with solutions to something, you're not a good fit. (laughs) Because, like... I clearly am asking you for help because I need help, you know, from A to Z. And so even for what you're saying about what you do, there's a lot of people who can't do evaluate. They don't know it. They haven't mm-hmm. been trained in it either. And so, yes, that's going to be something I'm going to outsource. So all I got to do is look at the numbers with you and make the decision. So mm-hmm. go ahead with your bad self. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Man, just again, just beautiful. And, and all the things that. You know, I think about from the therapy to the entrepreneurship to being a wife, having balance, you just definitely doing your thing. And I'm really excited that we've had this conversation and I just commend you for showing up for yourself. I'm going to definitely say that, but also being to show up for people who need you. But even with that in mind, if you had or have any words of wisdom to leave us with today, what would that be? Ooh, so do everything. Well, there's going to be three nuggets here right so here's today three through today's three nuggets <laughs> do everything with excellence no matter how small or large the project is because your work is going to be your billboard for future opportunities mm-hmm. build and sustain networks i definitely did not do a good job at that in college but you know i've learned along the way the importance of establishing and developing your network but also utilizing it And so what I mean is like staying in communication with folks, you know, do the Christmas cards if you need, like, you know, just do those things to keep in contact or keep you on folks' minds so that when opportunities come, they can say, you know, oh, you know, Dr. Eve, she's definitely somebody you might want to reach out to about this particular opportunity. And last but not least, and this is something I got from therapy, right? Don't minimize yourself or your accomplishments. Mm. Sometimes we 
are taught to be too humble in a sense. But if folks don't know what you do and how you do it, they don't ever know to reach out to you. Yes. And so, yeah, I would definitely just say those things. I'm not saying go out and and just being out here like I'm I'm just a boss. But what I'm saying is like really take time to honor what you do. And I have gone 13 years, Dr. Eve, as a wife, a mom, a student, and never really recognizing the magnitude of balancing it it all, right? Until Mm -hmm. now. And so, Mm. yeah, don't minimize who you are and and what you do. Mm -hmm. But better now than never, right? Right, right. Mm. At least, you know, you are aware that you need to make the changes and you made them. So I'm here for these nuggets, Dr. (laughs) Cameron. You know, I'm I'm here for me. You said a word when you said a word. And, you know, I'm glad that you've been able to be so transparent about your journey and your truth, but also what you had to change and how you've been able to go forward. So that is very exciting for me because we heal by being able to share, but we also help others heal by being able to relate. So that's just something that I think. And I'm one of the things I love about having the show and having the stories, you know, being told in so many ways. But look, if you are out there and you're listening to Dr. Chandler and she resonated with you and you want to connect, go to the show notes, check them out because the links to get to her, her website, to her social media for you to just be able to connect is all there. We try to make it easy. So just go to the show notes and go click the link and you get right to her. But Dr. Chandler, thank you again just for your time today, for your wisdom again for your true for boss granny up here you know like that's one of the most like exciting things that I have heard in a minute but I love it because while we may come from different backgrounds I don't mean that we all come back from backgrounds that we haven't learned how to make it so I love that mm-hmm. just want to continue to wish you well in all that you do and know that we here at the first gen lounge we got your back we're cheering for you we're so proud of you thank you thank you so much you are so very welcome